Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Um, round two, the Six Nations coming up and Gregor Townsend has just named his 23 as Scotland travel to Wales, looking to go two from two and to send the hype train into sort of hyper speed um, as we look towards our first Grand Slam um, since 1990. Matt, you feeling the hype? I am feeling the hype, I think. Um, although... It does seem to be a few people asking whether Scotland can win the Grand Slam at this early stage, and I do think it is far too early. See what happens at the end of Wednesday, uh, Saturday, sorry, and we can maybe start having that conversation. But I think we need to put put that on ice a little bit. I've been having that conversation since day one. That's why that's why I lay, put my money where my mouth is. Twenty pound fifty to one Scotland to win the Grand Slam. Yeah, Matt, why do you hate Scottish rugby? Yeah, it's a good question. I clearly do. I've got to sort that out myself. You absolutely do. Um, well, it's David, Matt and Alan, as you have already heard, here to break down that 23 snap reaction. Team was named just about an hour ago. Um, we've already had our first take on Twitter. That's at Thistle Rugby Pod. Um, you can vote on your feelings on the team on our Instagram. That's Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And when this is all said and done on Monday morning, Matt will be pulling together um, win, lose, or draw analysis of the game for the newsletter on Substack Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. So lots of quality content for you guys to get in um, and stick with us throughout the whole Six Nations. Speaking of sticking with us through the Six Nations, just a quick word for our, fa- our, our um, partners. 
over at Fanbase, um, who are the perfect partner for any rugby clubs looking to go digital. So in a matter of hours through Fanbase, you can launch a mobile app for your supporters containing news, videos, and articles. You can also do all of your ticket sales for lunches, events, and match days all in one simple place. Get yourself onto fanbaseclub.com to set up a demo or slide into those DMs on Twitter at fanbase underscore club. Right, straight into the meat and drink of the podcast. Gregor Townsend has he has done a little bit of a tombola after this Calcutta Cup win. He has named a slightly changed side for the trip down to Wales. Complete change in the front row. Pierre Sherman, um, Stuart McAnally and WP Nell up front. In the second row, Johnny Gray and Grant Gilchrist unchanged. Sam Skinner comes in at six for the injured Jamie Ritchie joining Hamish Watson and Matt Fagerson. The only change in the back line is at 12. Sione Tuopolotu coming in for Sam Johnson um, and then lots of good stuff to get into on the bench as well. But Alan, starting with that front row, I mean, we sort of labelled them the Scottish bomb squads for their performance at 50 minutes onwards against England. You know, but were you expecting that full wholesale change of the front row? What do you think it, it tells us, if anything, about, you know, Scotland's strategy for the weekend? If, if I'm honest, I, wa- I wasn't expecting it at all. I thought he could do something relatively similar where, you know, in that England match, he he brought on the full front row probably a little bit earlier than he has historically. And I, and I guess I'm, this is me not knowing enough about how the scrum works, but I don't know how important sort of combinations are <laughs> when you get when you get into the scrum time. But I think kind of the main takeaway is... I, it doesn't feel even even though you've got two lines props and and Turner who's one of the best hookers in in world rugby it doesn't actually feel like that much of a of a drop in quality bringing bringing on those three and actually potentially at scrum time it gives you a, a slightly sort of stronger option because actually the one thing that Wales did have against Ireland is a fairly strong set piece it wasn't something that Tooney decided to mention in any of the questions that were put to him by the hard-hitting journalists at the SRU, which is a bit of a funny one. I, I mean, he obviously he in that video he talked about the other changes in quite a lot of depth. So maybe it's an editing issue. They missed that bit of the video. I don't know. Or maybe he's got a bit of a plan. He's seen something in that Ireland game in the Welsh scrum, as you mentioned, Alan. Um, but I think it's it's it is interesting that you know if. If maybe three or four years ago, Townsend had completely changed a winning front row with two lions in it, you'd be thinking he's fully lost the plot, and he's rolled out the Tony Tombola, you know, in a sort of an act of absolute madness. But I agree; I don't think that we lose that much, um, and, and I think actually maybe come on to it, but being able to bring on that front row from the bench. Um, and sort of that front five, really, actually, I think we've got the edge over Wales in that area. Um, and, you know, the likes of seeing Turner, Sutherland and Ferguson come on at 50, 60 minutes is, you know, no opposition is really going to want to see that, I don't think. You know, absolutely. Um, moving into the, the second row, not huge amounts to talk about. Obviously, Gray and Gilchrist keeping their um, keeping their spots um, worth noting in the general Scottish pecking order, Scott Cummings sent back to Glasgow for their big game against Munster. But Gilchrist will be leading out the team, 50th cap, 
Um, he gets a special shout out for tuning. It is that alternate Scottish universe, um, Alan, where Grant Gilchrist is Scotland captain under Vern Cotter. It's um, the sort of Scottish rugby uh, multiverse that could have seen could have seen a completely different set of um, circumstances. I know. I actually completely forgot that he had been captain until you until you just mentioned it. But I think what was that back sort of twenty twenty sixteen? And I think. Ultimately, I think from the way they sort of chat about him in the in the camp, it does sound like he does act as a bit of a leader within within that group and especially within within that forward camp. And I think me probably potentially more than anyone on this pod has, has potentially been a little bit too dismissive of him, especially in sort of the last year. I I kind of thought his his time had sort of come and it was going to be a sort of Johnny Gray Cummings um, Skinner um, sort of a mix of those three for the next sort of few years at least um but yeah clearly been really good for edinburgh this year absolute monster against um against Eng- against england and yeah 50 caps pretty pretty unbelievable it, it doesn't feel like grant gilchrist has played 50 games for scotland well, no it really doesn't of, he, he's come and gone a bit um from as you said a point where it seemed like he was being positioned to become captain but then being unseated by, you know, over time, Johnny Gray, even Richie Gray when he was fit, and Scott Cummings now. And even for a while, you know, we had Toulouse was one of our sort of banking starters at, at, at second row. Yeah, well, all the best to Grant, and he'll be leading the team out. That's a pretty special moment for him. Moving on into the back row, this has been a matter of internal dispute at the Thistle. Um, who was going to replace injured Jamie Ritchie. Um, Sam Skinner has been given the nod. And here's what Gregor Townsend had to say on why he's brought Skinner in. In terms of Sam, Sam's played uh, in the back row for us uh, and his club. He's a, he's a really experienced uh, set-piece forward that brings a, a skill set that means he can go between for, um, second row and back row. Uh, he's got calming presence about him, uh, and for us over the last uh, season, he's played really well. Uh, the game over in Paris was, was a highlight, but also Australia. And I felt he made a big impact off the bench at the weekend. So, lads, um, Tooney there talking about sort of Skinner's versatility. But, you know, he had a lot of options. He had Bradbury that he could perhaps bring in. You know, there was other options that he could have um, could have gone for. Um, I, I, do you think Skinner's the best option, Matt? Yeah, I said last week that I think it's the most like-for-like like, uh, replacement for, for Richie, who I, I think sadly is going to be out for the rest of the, the tournament, which is, is, a, is a blow because it would have been good to see him come back into the mix. Um, but I think he, he gives you that line-out option um, that, that Richie did. I think he's, he's very good around the park. He's maybe not as much of a turnover specialist, but with Watson... Figerson's good. Figerson, Matt Figerson, that is good over the ball, and uh, McAnally pretty good over the ball as well. I, I don't think you lose that much. Um, and I, I've always said it before. I think that he's he's just such a quality player, and I think that he should be able to rise to the challenge again. And and hopefully we won't actually miss Richie too much with with him in his place. I my my heart said Dodge. I, there's, a, there's a part of me that wanted Roy Dodge, but I appreciate the argument that he's 
not got the line-out experience and, and there is value in having those four line-out jumpers, especially given that Richie took, I think, four line-outs at the weekend. But there was a little part of me that wanted to see Watson and Darge almost act like a bit of a, a hooper um, Pocock sort of combo and really sort of take take um, Wales on at the breakdown. Well, we might get to see that later on in the match with Rui Darge named on the bench and we'll come back to talk a little bit about him later on. Um, moving in, moving into the back line and, uh, and other changes, Sione Tupilotu preferred at 12. San Johnson sent back to Glasgow for their game against Munster. Um, Cam Redpath named on the bench. I mean, Alan, we've been, you know, been giving Sione some sort of high praise since he came over to Scotland. He's been playing great for Glasgow. Um, are you happy with that selection or would you have sort of either stuck with Johnson or sort of rolled the dice on Cam Redpath? It's an interesting one because I, I think ultimately it wouldn't have mattered, as we said, if Tuopoloto had been in the 12 journey for that England game. I, I fundamentally don't think that it would have made any difference just given both the, the quantity and quality of ball that, that Johnson received. But I guess you know, Tuopoloto, you know, especially against the Ospreys, was incredibly strong and and obviously Tuni's referenced that he's been strong in training, etc. So I wonder whether they just see his sort of slightly more destructive ball carrying being a bigger asset against that Welsh back line and that centre pairing now of Tompkins and, and Watkins than they did against England. I think as well as if you if you've made that decision and you've got Johnson in the wings, he can only really play twelve. So if you've got Redpath, who's you know ninety percent of the way to full fitness, he does offer you a few more options from from the bench. So I, I kind of thought it was a little bit harsh to see Johnson turning out for Glasgow at the weekend, but I can I can kind of see the rationale behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Rest rest of the backline remains un unchanged. Um, I mean, we've sort of rattled through that a little bit because there wasn't actually you know significant changes, but a lot of chat about the bench sort of kicking off. Um, so it's obviously last week's starting front row, um, George Turner, Rory Sutherland and Xander Ferguson's all on there. Magnus Bradbury, Rory Darge, and then King, Ben White, Blair, Blair Kinghorn and Cam Redpath sort of rounding out the 23. I mean, I think the impact of that front row is quite well stated. I mean, what, what can we expect from, from Bradbury? And um, I mean, Matt, what, how would you use Bradbury and Darge off the bench? Well, I, I think that if you if you look at the Welsh back row, um, I think it's qu- it's quite big that they've decided not to play uh, Wainwright, and I think that Ellis Jenkins must be injured um, because I think that that just very much changes the dynamic of that back row, which previously was kind of three sevens, and I think we maybe with Skinner coming in and Richie going out, you'd have some concerns around the breakdown. But I, I think bringing on Darge, if if the likes of Basham or this this new guy Morgan are, are having a bit bit of more joy at the breakdown than, than we thought, um, and just I think using Bradbury in the same role, similar role as as the England game, just bringing him on as I think a heft in the pack overall and at scrum time, and then just in that kind of battering ram role, and I'd like to see him having a run at that um, Welsh midfield as I'm sure Bakerson will have done before in, in the match. Um, and yeah, I think you just sort of let Dar- wind up Darge and let him go, really. 
Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, Wales have named named that team quite a few changes after getting their pants pulled down by Ireland. I mean, Alan, side by side, got to say Scotland's stronger on paper. Where do you think Scotland can sort of get the upper hand on Wales? I think they've got opportunities broadly, broadly everywhere. I think, I actually think in the front row, I think relatively even as, as scrum time and, and both kind of front rows potentially aren't the most dynamic in world rugby, especially when you compare it to, you know, something like Ireland's or the Scotland pack that started last week. Feels like in the second row, like Rollins and Beard, I don't think Gray and Gilchrist are going to um, sort of worry about that too much. Potentially we've got a little bit of a, and, and, and should potentially have a bit, bit more in, in the sort of tight spaces. Back row, obviously, I don't know much about this Jack Morgan character. So <laughs> if I'm honest, he's he's sort of um What did our French chorus what did our Welsh correspondent say in the WhatsApp group about him? Makes a lot of tackles. It's his yeah. first cap. It's his first cap, right? Yeah. First cap playing for the Ospreys. I mean, that could mean nothing. He could be the Ospreys best player, but it's it's not I just don't it's not the same as as a Tipperick or even a an Alice Jenkins or even an Aaron Rainwright in Wainwright, I don't think. Most most tackles in the URC and most dominant tackles in the URC this year. However, what I would say is he was opposite Rory Darge in um in that yes. Ospreys Glasgow game where both Glasgow and Darge, I think, massively dominated the breakdown. So interesting that both obviously him and him and Ferguson have uh, have been in sort of a back row battle against him quite recently and, and have definitely sort of come out on top. Um but no, Ross Moriarty, never really know, could genuinely who, who? murder us. Ross Moriarty. Who? What's his name? Oh, Sherlock Holmes' famous nemesis, Moriarty. <laughs> what is his name? Moriarty. Oh, well, it's like this, it's broadly the same thing, right? <laughs> um, which I think our Welsh correspondent said he's he's got 50% chance of getting red carded. So I think, but I think when you look at that pack in totality i think this has to be in the last last kind of 10 15 years that we've been sort of watching scotland wales game i would say the biggest delta between scotland and wales i'm saying scotland being significantly better than wales both in terms of starting and forward replacements matt we've we've got a win right when if not now when (laughs) that's the thing when i saw that Welsh team and I saw that Alex Cuthbert is back in I thought if we can't beat a team with Alex Cuthbert then maybe we should play in that like Nations Cup that Romania and Georgia play in um, I, yeah I think on on paper our team is far better we've got momentum uh, we've got the big game players we don't have any injuries I said it before <laughs> you know all the signs are pointing to a Scotland win but I, I wouldn't take anything for for granted, um, Wales are a different team at home, and they'll be really, really fired up. But we, we've got to win. Um, so, someone on Twitter has just posted something quite interesting about the last time we were at Cardiff and the front rows that Scotland had in place and how different they are. So we had starting John Welsh, Gordy Reid, and Rambo. Yikes! And our bench was Scott Lawson, Jamie Batty, and Murray McCallum. So this one's better, yeah? <laughs> just a bit. Just a little bit. 
That's no disrespect to any of those names, but we have moved on somewhat, right? Just want to say that I've got, I've had a very short vision there of Cuthbert scoring a hat trick and there being like a super cut put together afterwards of just like Matt's voiceover there talking about how if we lose to Cuthbert, we, we deserve to be in the nation's championship. And then just <laughs> videos of Cuthbert just sort of cutting the line hard, just in between Harris and two Peloto to score their sort of fifth try and make oh. sort of similar to the sort of 31 seven match from 2018. I, I feel very confident, but at the same time, history tells us that we probably won't win this match. History tells us that sadness is closer than it appears. <laughs> but but then, if you look back at those old games that we you know lost comfortably, the, the Welsh team was entirely different. Like back in 2018, they had Halfpenny, Adams, Navidi, Wynne Jones, Ken Owens. Um, Tipperidge even was on the bench. Like that—that that is just—it's such a different team. One one thing just to consider is they're not allowed to close the roof, so the roof will be open on Saturday, and it's going to be dry up until at the moment. It looks like two o'clock, where the rain will basically pelt down for about three hours, and then it'll be dry for the rest of the day. So the view is that. Probably when it gets to kick off, at the moment anyway, it's going to be pissing down. Why? Which I, 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 I can't work out who that benefits. Potentially no one, really. But I, I, I don't think there's a clear sort of, oh, those conditions will suit this team. I think actually given the, the Welsh pack and, and potentially sort of the size of the, the Welsh backs, I, I don't think they're, partic- they're going to be particularly happy about the rain coming down as well. No, I, I yeah, I think you're right that if you look at that Welsh backline, it's guys who probably want to play with the ball in hand. And there's not really a big crash ball runner in there. Like I'd say even like two Pelotu is probably a bigger carrier than, than most of their outside backs, really. Yeah, for sure. And Alan, that's that's gonna impact us directly. Although from what you've told me, our seats are so far in the gods that we will definitely be covered. Yeah, we don't need the roof to be closed to stay dry. Don't you worry. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be absolutely fine. Um, so, yeah, no, it'll be... Um, I can't wait. It's going to be such a fun day out. And if Scotland win, my God. Yeah, no, it'll be, uh, it'll be fantastic. And in terms of the, the bookies, what do you think the current spread is on Betfair? Last time I looked, Scotland were two-point favourites. They've uh, they've shifted to well on Betfair they shifted to three. So Ugh. that's nah, I don't like this because <laughs> <laughs> last week we were Eddie Eddie Jones's sort of red hot favourites, but actually the bookies still had England. This week we're red hot favourites, and the bookies are backing that. That feels like tempting fate to me. Yeah, especially away from home. Yeah, but I mean, it does tell you an awful lot about the progress of Scottish rugby that to be favourites going away to Wales at the Millennium Stadium where we haven't won for a decade is... Uh, we've made progress. So last last things to do are our predictions with a match point predictor, which we'll come to in just a second. But just a final reminder that you are if you are in Glasgow this Friday night, there's still a handful of tickets left for their big game against Munster. 
Um, they are available on the Glasgow Warriors website. Get yourself on there and get yourself down to Scotland. What a great way to start off the weekend. As we've already touched upon, plenty of Scotland internationals have been released. Um, so you can see Scott Cummings, um, Sam Johnson, and a very strong Glasgow team welcoming Munster. So get yourself onto the Glasgow website. But Matt, coming to you first, I think, on the Guinness Match Pint Predictor, download the app and join our league. That's Thistle on the um, Match Pint app. Let's start with Scotland-Wales, and we'll talk about the other games as well. But Matt, what are you predicting? Yeah, I, d- I did the predictions just before our discussion and finding out that the, the bookies only had us favourites by three. Um, but I've gone Scotland by nine. Yes, love it. I just, I, I, I genuinely do think this, we've got the momentum, we're in a good place. Um, our players are on form and I, I think we have a better side. It's not, it's not going to be easy, but. I, that I that bit of audio we, is going to be super cut over those like dancing um, funeral people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, might, we might have to make the video ourselves. To get we might have to do story. it, yeah. Yeah. Matt, are you, um, Alan, are you going to add anything to the um, the Super Cup? I'm going to hold out until it gets a little bit clearer on the weather, but I think if the rain holds off, uh, Scotland by 10, and if the rain comes in, Scotland by 3. Okay, that's nice. Nice giving yourself a little bit of a get out there. I am Scotland by 12, currently locked in, um, hoping, hoping not to touch that. Yeah, I just... Maybe it's just... I want it to happen so much, but I, I just think we might pump them. I, I just think we might. It's really exciting to be there. I'm happy to be wrong and, and over-egg that particular pudding as long as we win. But I think Scotland by 12 feels feels quite nice. Um, how are you guys looking at the other games? Obviously, Johnny Sexton's been ruled out for Ireland in the big one against France. Matt, who are you, who are you backing in that one? France by seven. France by seven. Alan? So I think even without Sexton and Joey Carberry in, I think the Irish pack is going to be too good for for France. And so I think it's going to be Ireland by five. Lovely. And then how much are Italy beating England by? <laughs> Come on. How good would that be? Oh, Can you I'm imagine so though? I, I generally love it. Eddie Jones, do you think Eddie Jones would have to resign? No, I think, I don't think he would. I, would. I don't think he would resign, but he might. We might have to get the sack at that point. It'd be great for him to get. I would just love it for like, I love reading the Sunday newspapers during the six stations anyway, but imagine just like a col- like column after column dedicated to why England are terrible. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love a big inquiry? It's like all the inquiry pieces after the ashes. But anyway, we digress. Matt, England versus Italy. England by? England by 25. Yeah. Feels about right, doesn't it, Alan? Just quite boring. England, but... England by thirty-eight. England by thirty-eight. I think England are going to. I think England are going to come out punchy. Yeah, it's a shame. I actually just. I, I really like um, Italy's kit, by the way. I think Macron have delivered a delivered a banger for Italy. Actually, the Scotland kit is looking nice. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Early That's... early stages of the kit. I'm enjoying it. I think the Ireland one's poor. It's it's funny what stuff people remember. Ashley turned to me at the rugby and she was like, "Oh." They've changed the shorts so it doesn't look like they've shat themselves anymore. <laughs> a little yellow short. Yeah. <laughs> just getting, that's just classic Kiwis laughing at Scots. Alan, you need to pick that up with her. 
<laughs> I'm always laughing at Kiwis, to be fair. So. Yeah, quite right too. Well, thanks very much, guys. Um, and thank you all listeners for joining us. It's been two pod week kicking off. Um, the excitement for the weekend. Um, keep following us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. Alan and I will let you know where we're drinking beforehand um, so you can come and buy us pints, which would be nice. Um, and on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod and sign up for the newsletter, which will be coming out on Monday morning. Until then, here comes the Grand Slam. Cheers. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.